to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who are coming at you like a Dr. Fauci split finger fastball. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> you know, there are very few people that I'd say I could throw out a ceremonial first ball better than. But um, I, I think I might have done better than Fauci. Um, at least he was on the mound, though. You know, he, he did it from the mound. Good for him. Um, and, you know, that's not his job. His job is to not be listened to by the president. And if you want to hear more controversial political takes and some sports, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can follow the show at Potadelphia. And my name is Gene Zilek. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Producer Gene. It's as if that account has suddenly awoken from the dead uh, <laughs> because I was tweeting up a storm the other night. And, uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I was super excited to, to watch uh, Fauci put one right down the middle. And uh, almost as if I predicted it, it was a little outside and bounced twice. So, oh, <laughs> uh, well. Guys, 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 baseball is back. How do you <sighs> feel? Calmer. I, I, like, uh, I really wish someone had taken my blood pressure on a... a consecutive basis before baseball came back and then after because i kid you not just the ability to turn on the game you know just the ability to have sports that matter readily accessible it it just brings such calm and joy and something to think about other than our schools going to open and what the hell is going on at any given moment So I think the main thing that baseball being back brings me is like peace. Uh, We'll get to excitement later, but peace is like the the start for me. I I honestly, since, you know, these past four days, uh, I haven't turned on a 24 hour cable news network uh, (laughs) one time. Uh, It's all been uh, ESPN, MLB network, FS1, I'm either watching a game or just watching baseball coverage. I'm watching a, a seven-minute episode of Sports Rise, whatever, in the morning. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just I, I've totally immersed myself in American professional sports again. And, you know, and it's not only baseball, you know, it's it's the it's the soccer tournament. It's, uh, you know, uh, broadcast from the bubble, the NBA bubble, like what's going on in there. It's preseason scrimmages with the NBA. Uh, The hockey talk is 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 firing up. But, you know, watching these Flyers practices and players coming in and out and like, oh, no, is this person injured? Like, what's going to happen? It's just like nice to worry about that shit again. Mm hmm. You know, more than like before it was like, you know, that was the most important thing, it seemed like. And now it's like, you know, we don't even have the option to worry about it anymore. So it's nice to say, like, I'm just going to focus on this and worry about it. Yeah, I, I like the way you put that, Dave, because, you know, when sports first went away, a lot of people were like, oh, this this really puts in perspective what matters. And you know, like sports don't really matter right now. You know, got focus on the real things, and then like four months of focusing on the real things and what matters. Oh Jesus Christ! Give me some sports. Like, <laughs> like I need to be emotionally invested in something that is literally not life and death. So, so I think it's very well put. Of you know, it really gives some perspective of you know the lack of importance of sports 
and how important that lack of importance is. I think uh, one of the things that I, I said last week when we was when I was promoting the the show was that some masked men were going to to try to steal our hearts this week. Um, and honestly, I, I think that what, what I didn't implicitly say is that we were going to get to a certain degree we're going to get heroes uh, that had been long gone back. That we were going to be able to have the 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 storytelling of sports back in our lives. We, we will be able to have. Uh, you know, our colors um, that we can root for and root against uh, back. You know, it's it's nice to be able to have a conversation with, like, I, you know, I went down and saw my dad today and, and have a conversation with him that um, was him and I, you know, agonizing over the fact that we had coughed up uh, runs again, you know, after a four-run start today, which, you know, it was like, it almost, as I'm walking out of my parents' house, I was like, oh, my God. It's like the most normal conversation that him and I have had uh, since he was guest starring on the podcast like five months ago. It was incredible. Um, the other thing that it was fascinating is uh, for his birthday, I got him Harry Callis's biography. Uh, I don't know if you guys read this. It came out, I think, like 07, 08, shortly before Harry died. And, um, you know, he's going through, and Callis actually talks about uh, that game that my father has been telling me about since as long as I can remember having consciousness of him being at a baseball game in 19, what turns out to be 1957, where Richie Ashburn hit a lady with a foul ball twice. Um, he talked about it so much that he had even convinced himself that it might be made up. Like that he had. Dude, he had... I think, I think your father has, has gifted you the desire to retell that story as many times as possible. Like oh, he has that desire. And I think he has imbued you with that deep seated desire as well. I mean, how weird of a thing to, to have as your family's legacy is that, you know, you once saw a woman get smacked in the face and have her nose broken by a hall of famer who then proceeded to hit her with a second foul ball in the rib cage. Um, I love it. And I like the legacy is just having seen it. Yeah. It's like, Gene, was this your aunt? No. No. Neighbor? No, no. We have no idea. It's just some random lady. But my dad found it hysterical. No, but Gene, you're like the worst. You're like the worst uh, X Men uh, ever. It's yeah. A, it's like, what's your power? I'm, I'm compelled to tell this story. I have to tell everyone I meet about something that happened in 1957. And the thing is, what cat? What we found out from Harry Cowson, he he. You should have seen his face. It was like, it was like he had been given like the answers to life, uh, and and the and everything. He ran upstairs. I haven't seen him move that quickly in in probably a decade. Uh, grabbed the book came back downstairs with it like dog-eared and was like look right here this paragraph read this paragraph so i read the paragraph and it basically retells the same story my father's been telling me since i was born the only difference being that he gives the woman's name turns out she was the editor's wife of the the philadelphia bulletin the news the old newspaper and uh it gives a little coda that talks about how whitey then uh two days later i guess went to the hospital where this woman was recovering and uh it says that Richie Ashburn walked in and said, you know, Mrs. So-and-so, I'm, I'm so sorry about, you know, what happened. You know, like, and handed her a signed ball. And, you know, they talked for a bit. And then as he started to walk out, she said, uh, Mr. Ashburn, you, you only apologized once. You hit me twice. Um, so uh, 
Harry, I think, uh, reveled in in being able to tell that same story probably as many times uh, <laughs> as my father. Uh, I imagine that had the two of them ever met, it would have been like, uh, you know, worlds exploding or like the people that saw Lincoln assassinated. It would have been, <laughs> I, you know, we were there. I'm going to flash forward like 40 years, like Gene <laughs> convalescing <laughs> with the Harry Callis book in hand and go, come to me, my child. My father told me this story and Richie Ashburn told it to him. And now I tell it to you. Here's a story of some random lady who got hit by two foul balls and then just drops dead. So the so the Phillies start their season against um the best team in Major League Baseball uh, <laughs> that plays in Citizens Bank Park. <laughs> the the Florida the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins and you know this is like a tremendous opportunity to start the season the the zero to 60 season um hot right get a good jump all these other teams are banging against one another atlanta's playing new york like the, someone's going to be down this is a tremendous opportunity aaron nola at home against the worst team in your division zach wheeler at home against the worst team in your division um, you know, you got to win. If you're playing this team 20 games, you want to at least see 16, 17 wins uh, against them. And um, is uh, a- as excited as we are to have baseball back and as probably happy as we are to have, have watched the, the boys of summer, you know, the Phillies get back into action. Uh, you got to be disappointed with this start. Y- yes. Um Yes, the the short answer is yes, and especially because it harkens back to last season, where just so many games against the Marlins just bit us in the ass time and time again, where it's like we have a little thing going, or okay, time to stop the bleeding, we're going to face the Marlins, let's get two out of three, and we're lucky if we take one, and to see that come back, that hurts but it's it's a weird thing you know i said it in you know the infamous uh group text chat um over the weekend of like i have a real tough time evaluating what one baseball game means in this zero to 60 start with over half the leagues you know making it to the playoffs i i have a tough time evaluating how emotionally invested i should be in one loss um I know exactly how emotionally invested I was in two losses. Uh, <laughs> you know, first game of the season, everyone's a bit rusty. It's all a bit odd, whatever. It sucks to blow a Nola start. Second game looked good, you know, felt good. Um, and then today, you know, Sunday's game, to cough up that early lead, I, I was already, like, kicking my feet up and going, like, hey, let's enjoy this game, you know. Team looks good. The Marlins look bad. You know, Vince Velasquez, you know, this is going to be his time, baby. This is going to be the time he doesn't. No, no, we are not. No, I'm hold. Just stop. I'm not, I don't, I'm not prepared to talk about Vince Velasquez yet. <laughs> and we hold, hold off on that because I'm, I, I, I don't want to go there right yet. Right. Just yet. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I just those were like, my... I'm just so frustrated because look, you got 60 games. Your ace, Aaron Nola, 
is is going to get how many starts, Gene? Twelve. Yeah, we we think it's going to be in the neighborhood of twelve or thirteen. I would believe. How many of them are going to be at home? Six. How many of them are? How gonna many of them are going to be at home against the fucking Marlins? Exactly. And you lost one of those games. You lost one of those games. No, no, you can't do that. That's not cool, man. And that's on the bats. That game one. That's on the bats, and I, I really f- f- want to focus in on that JT Realmuto at bat, where he was up three zero mm. with the ba- with the bases loaded. Uh, there are at least two men on. Yeah, yeah, there were definitely runners, and there were definitely runners in scoring position. And he didn't take the he didn't take that three zero green light. I, I don't. Anyway. But I'm just so frustrated about that aspect of the like I don't care about the loss. I don't care about the game. I don't care about, you know, whatever is the Marlins. It's not it's not a must win. It's the first game of a sixty game season. It is what it is, whatever. But when you put it in that perspective, it's Nola, it's home, it's against a team you're supposed to beat up on this year. Now you got now that means that that puts pressure on like Eflin now has to win in New York to make up for that. You know, or or Arietta's got to win in Atlanta to make up for that, and that's a harder that's a harder thing. That's a taller ask. So get it done. I, and I I mean I hope there's urgency around it like this, because there is no time. And if and if fifty percent of the teams make the postseason and you're not in there, that's embarrassing. Agreed, one hundred percent agree. And I, I think the last. Two seasons, perhaps, um, I'm mixing it all up now again, but talking about, oh, it's a slow start. Hey, it's early. Hey, it's early. Well, there is no early this year. You know, it's, congratulations. That that series against the Marlins, that was early. Now we're, you know, three games, that works out to 5% of the season. You know, Three games is five percent of the season. That's that's your starting time. Get get it together. Yeah, yesterday and, was the equivalent of being uh, three and three. Uh, so now we're like three and six. Uh, if yeah. we if we had you know if we were, we were talking in April and you know you start out three and six, you know that's not that's two sweeps of the first three series basically is what that comes back as. Well, I mean, like I, I would probably shrug it off if we were if we started season three and six, I would shrug it off. But that's because I know I have a hundred and you know the fifty four more games to go. Uh, th- this is just, um, and it's all we have right now. And right now is not going to be very long. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, but for right now, that's what it it, it it is. That's what it is. That's what we're focusing in on. Um, and I don't think, you know, I always call the first week of the season the overreaction theater, like let's play one game and then, you know, make a judgment on what the entire season is going to be like. Um, but in this case, you kind of can make a case for that. Yeah, well, especially when you see some of the same problems as the previous year. You know, you bring in a new regime and uh, I mean, I guess I like everything I've seen of Girardi so far. Um, nothing stood out to me as bad, which is, you know, well, a nice. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm really not loving. I, I didn't love the bullpen decisions in game one. No, I don't understand why we like some of this cast of characters that we brought in. I thought maybe it would have been maybe a better choice to bring in some reliable guys the first game of the season. 
well, that's was kind of be the point I was going to get on. I don't. Who do we have? You know, the the bullpen issues that were around last season are screaming back. I mean, uh, but I don't know. But like, I, I mean, I, how come we didn't see Arano? How come we didn't see Alvarez? How come we didn't see Adams? How come you know we didn't see Neris? I, I, I just think that's that fair. These guys, like we have guys. How come we didn't see Tommy Hunter? Like we have these guys. Uh, we're, we're I don't understand why we're going with first time ever pitching in the majors like Rosso and McLean and these guys we've never seen before. And there's it turns out there are reasons that we've never seen them before uh, coming out and just you know because that game was within reach. It wasn't like a white flag situation like today. Yeah. No, that that's fair. I I wasn't thinking of it that way. It's just because I wasn't in love with the other options. But no, that's one hundred percent fair. And I haven't been invested in the summer camp ball. Like that was a welcome change for me. How invested I was in this regular season for how much I did not care about the preseason and the you know spring training. Typical excitement, the summer camp ball, I really could not make myself invested in it. So I am I am a little behind the eight ball there. Let's um let's 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 move on to some positivity. Uh barrels goslin. <laughs> you uh are you shipping barrels goslin? And to that point, is John Cruck like low key making fun of our own players? um i'm not shipping barrels goslin i don't get it um i mean like it doesn't seem like that big of play on words unless i'm missing it um and yeah no crook always has a like is this sincere you're kind of being a dick and i think i sort of always assume he's kind of being a dick so (laughs) And any praise, any any sincere praise of Goslin, like calling him, you know, a heavy hitter, calling him, you know, the biggest threat in our lineup, that's, you'd have to be an idiot to say that. You can like what you see. You can go, hey, this is unexpected treat, but any overly effusive praise is mockery. You know, it is, it is going to be mockery. I love the crucker, but uh, you know, <laughs> he always just sounds like. And today he he went into this whole thing with um, Hazley about he's how he's uh, so intelligent and uh, well educated, and he, he would never make a mistake because I, I don't know. It just seemed very odd. But if you didn't watch the second game, um, <laughs> Barrels Goslin. Uh, jacked up two homers and was just he's just on fire we kind of continued it today when he came in uh as a as a pinch hitter for the dh um and a good and a good matchup move by girardi i thought um but i don't know i mean like you know we'll see if phil goslin can keep can keep something like that up but i i don't know it just (laughs) crop was just very strange with his effusive praise of some of our players this week i i I think the the phil goslin thing is sort of equivalent to uh mikhail franco looking like the greatest eight hole history uh hitter in the history of baseball last year we've seen this before these are these we've watched this movie before and you know honestly i i think that there's more realistic 
that you're going to see Phil Goslin continue to to be able to make contact with the ball uh, than you were ever going to see uh, Mikel Franco keep up that sort of torrid power pace uh, for 162 games. Uh, Phil Goslin, for for all his faults, I mean this this situation sort of works out for a guy like that that because he was not going to get a lot of at bats because he's sort of a a minus defender. And uh, mm-hmm. you, you can't really yeah. you can't really keep him in the game for long stretches of time without it, you know. Especially when you're a team like the Phillies, who are going to need good defense behind their pitchers. The the best games we're going to see from their pitching staff are going to be games where they're pitching to contact and they're getting the ground balls. That was the reason why Wheeler had the game he had was because he was controlling the way that the, the, the game was, he was controlling the flow of the game. It was yeah, a, a, four double plays helps too. Right. And that's what I mean. You know, a lot of people are going to, you know, you may look at that as well. That's very fluky, but I think that there is when you, when you see that sort of consistent, you know, when the situation arises, he's able to, to generate um, the, the type of contact off the bat that allows your defense to make that play. That, that goes to the art of pitching, you know, that's one thing they they say with some of the other pitchers that we have in the staff is that these guys are just obsessed with the strikeout and do not know how to transition into other ways of getting outs. The the object of the game is to keep runners off base uh, and 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 get outs. And there are a lot of ways that you can make that happen. So I think that you're going to see a guy like Phil Goslin really benefit from the National League having the the DH. I think in a lot of ways, looking at the way the Phillies lineup is constructed, as much as being a National League fan, I hate the DH. I think that it's going to be over the long haul, or short haul in this case, it's going to be beneficial for our offense to have that part of the lineup where we can use that slot as a matchup um, sort of uh, tool where we can play against, uh, you know, handedness. We're going to see that three pitcher, you know, the pitcher having to, to, to throw to three batters come into play. You're going to see Girardi pinch hit in those situations when the situation arises to break up, you know, they bring in a lefty. We have three lefties in a row. He may swap somebody out and having a DH What happened, there. it happened twice in today's game where uh, Mattingly brought in a right-hander to face Reese Hoskins and Reese, who just doesn't swing the bat ever for any reason whatsoever, <laughs> um, draws walks uh, on both of those occasions. And then that right-hander was stuck having to face uh, to face pitching. Harper. Yeah. And that's that's um, the sort so of that's thing what that, you'll see if that's what Reese Hoskins job is going to be is to allow for Bryce Harper to tee off on right handed pitching, uh, you know, to a certain degree. I'm OK with that. Um, I, I, I really Bryce Harper's home run today, that ball looked like it, it was – it had a rocket in its ass. It, it That ball was hit <laughs> so hard uh, and got out so fast. It was just on an absolute line because we saw a lot of home runs um, once we got into game two. And uh, today's game was uh, absolutely – Proof positive of the adage that it takes time to score runs. I felt like today's game oh, man. was it's a, a slog. Um, you know, and maybe I was spoiled by two games the, the previous two days, which felt like they were absolutely, you know, they got into the sixth inning. I was like, wait, wait, wait. I, I, can I have an extra half an hour of baseball, please? Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, but yeah, you know, there was, there's so much that I, 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 it's so hard to get really incensed angry about this because I'm just so elated for the things that were that were good to 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 have them back and um 
you know, I'm even getting used to the weirdness uh, of, of looking at, um, you know, that tail on the Fanatic. I, I know you thought I was going to say <laughs> the no fans. I don't really care about that. Uh, it's the eyebrows and, and the tail that I'm just I'm still having trouble adjusting to. Um, you, do you want to do that now? Do you want to do this now? Do you want to talk about the Fanatic now? Uh, I mean, we can. I mean that's really all I have to say, and that he's I think he's lost uh, I think he's lost a step honestly I think. Well, that's I think that's Dave's point. <laughs> I, I found I, I forget what inning it was today, but we had the game was going on, and you had the fanatic in the back interacting with the cardboard cutouts. Yeah, I don't need this. Please, I don't want this. This is it was bad. It was lame. It wasn't funny uh is the fanatic he's trying to start a wave which you already right there if you listen to the show you know like i'm already annoyed with this why would you even want that to happen mm-hmm. um yeah he's like trying uh, to while the fills were clap. at bat it, what's that while the fills were at bat he was trying to yeah start we're the, ba- the game's going on and this is happening in the back and it's like it's really like lowest common denominator humor there, yeah. there, there wasn't any of the the magic that makes the fanatic great in it, um, and maybe a lot of that comes with interacting with an actual human being. You, you know, much like you, you need the Tommy Lasorda uh, <laughs> to get angry at you know your antics for it to re- like really work. Um, but the fanatic, I mean, the fanatic was not working for me today, and I, I don't say that lightly. I feel bad saying it, but it's just, I don't know. We needed to get a new slant for the Fanatic with during, the, yeah. during, this, uh, during this season. Yeah, the Fanatic's in a tough position because the Fanatic does his best work, like, you know, on commercial breaks. And, like, there's nobody there to see it, you know. So if a mascot dances in the infield and no one's there to see it, you know, does do they really make an effect? But... <laughs> it's but have them come out in the four-wheeler come out onto the field stand out in front of the marlins dugout put a helmet down there get your sledgehammer and smash it yeah i'm fine with it show me that and if you're going to sit in the stands and like try to view humor during play which a don't but b be clever like you know our very first show Show number zero was called Mascots. And we, you know, sung the praises of the fanatic for being legitimately funny. Not just funny for a mascot, not just funny for at, you know, an at-the-game distraction, but actually, honest to goodness, funny. And all the shit he was doing behind home plate was not funny. And it's... I really wish he'd take an opportunity to take a little gentle jab at the fans. You know, all the people that are on their cell phones waving to the camera trying to go, hey, did you see me? Did you see, can you see me? I'm on camera. Like, come on, fanatic. There's an opportunity right there. You know, like, be not watching the game. Do something. Like, take a little jab for the the actual fans that know what to look for when you're behind the plate. Yeah, did the uh, did the Ericsson marketing firm uh, have specifically in their uh, fanatic proposal that he was funny, and now the Phillies are like, well, now you can't be funny, or else it's violation of the uh, of the patent or whatever it the is. The copyright. 
Yeah, you know, I got angry. Ab- I got angry about that again today because you're a world class organization. Pay for the damn fanatic. You know, <laughs> settle it out. And it's and it's not like a wholesale redesign of the fanatic. It was just enough tweaks so they could present it in the lawsuit. And I couldn't help but think of Always Sunny in Philadelphia as the frenetic. <laughs> like just enough not to get sued you know and it's yeah. like oh no he's got feathers now and like a, a teal tail and elton john glasses it's not the it's not the same character it's just it that really soured me on the fanatic and i i think we're rehashing old points yeah. here but the fact that you have gritty across the street really just does not help it's like you know he fanatic got a facelift in his old age and like here's the new rock star coming in to, to steal his thunder well i, to I think several yeah. metaphors I, I think that the 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 fanatic's best moments this weekend were both uh had nothing to do with with him i think that his his highlights probably happened a week and a half ago uh when bryce harper got fitted for that suit with the liner with all those fanatics in his in his jacket and um you know, I, I'm hearing that that Bryce does do his own his own crafting when it comes down to <laughs> that's, not, that's not true. To shoes, you know. I made that up. Oh, the that's shoes! Not... I oh, that's a that's a Dave point. <laughs> <laughs> Truth or Dave strikes again this time. Recorded. <laughs> well, I mean, it did appear that uh, Bryce had perhaps made a trip to Hobby Lobby to get some green feathers uh some uh puff paint. some glitter some sequins uh and he, he spent his uh, spent his quarantine hot glue gunning some cleats <laughs> <laughs> i don't i think they were made by a fan well whoever that was uh you know i feel like those the, the, that combination of jacket and shoes were really the highlights of uh you know I don't know the feathers on the cleats. I can't get behind that though. Do you think it looks a little too uh, too goofy? Uh, it was too much. I think that was too much. I do. Right. I you know I like the headband. I like the. I uh, like the headband. You know the headband. The, those sorts cool. of things I like. The green cleats were fine. I need to go back to the fanatic suit lining that he wore. Yeah. You know, based on the photo, not one new fanatic in there. They're all classic fanatic. That is. And he wears that is, the, the. Yeah. And if you wear the headband, it's still the old. Yeah, it's old, the old eyes. Old eyes. Old yes. eyes. Yeah, it's pre Elton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Phillies are back. <laughs> we go from serious conversation about the game to you. Let's talk about the fanatic for a bit. <laughs> All right, but let's stay on Bryce Harper for a minute because, uh, to the to the delight of baby boomers everywhere, uh, Bryce Harper put a bunt down the third baseline to beat the shift. And I missed it. I missed it. Dave and Gina said, like, oh, we're going to talk about the bunt herd around the world. And, you know, I was just bouncing back and forth doing two things, and I just happened to to miss that bunt. That is a shame. You know, it was uh, it was his first hit of the season. And, boy, it was quite the delightful bunt. Uh, <laughs> this this se- sucker rolled down the third base line and, like, a like a championship curler. I thought he was going to park that, that baby right on the third base. Sweep. Sweep. Yeah. Hard. 
I mean, there was there there was nobody like in a zip code to make a play on that ball from the Florida Marlins. They they were so swung, you know, into right field that you know he he could have put it he could have put it right at where the shortstop had been, and still nobody would have had a chance to. And it to throw worked. Him out. They changed their defensive lineup positioning today and kept the third baseman home. Yeah. So you know, and it's one of those things when it happened, Dave. You and I kind of talked. You could kind of see it from both both sides of of the managerial spectrum. Don Mattingly being like, "Hey, if I can get Bryce Harper to come up and lay down a bunt, which is essentially a walk, uh, I'll do that every day. He's not gonna he's not gonna beat me." And uh, he, you know, he's but, also not swinging yeah. for the fence. And and Joe Girardi is gonna be like, "Hey, if uh, you know, if I can have my my four hole hitter have a, a, a one thousand on base percentage, I think that's pretty damn good too, uh, you know, because I'm going to bring up uh, Ramuto right behind him. So you know, there was points made on on both sides to be like, you know, this this could an argument could be made that this was the the right approach from from both both dugouts. Uh, but I think the long term um, positive net positive is going to be if if you start to see power hitters or or you know guys like Bryce Harper do more things to beat the shift, you are going to require teams to, to start playing you differently defensively. It, okay. Okay. Did he get on base? Yes. Will it add points to his batting average? Yes. If those are the things that you want to happen, then by all means, bunt to get on base when they play the shift. Fucking good on you. I don't pay this dude, so I don't, you know... It's not my problem. However, I would say if I was writing $300 million worth of checks, I would say, don't ever do that again. I pay <laughs> you to put that ball in the stands, uh, not parked on the third baseline. It's, uh, I, I mean, and it doesn't even do what you want it to do. Like, it worked out because Romito hit a three-run homer. But it, it doesn't. Like the long game, you would say, okay, well, now they can't shift against you anymore because now you'll do this thing. Uh, but that really doesn't work. Now they'll keep the third baseman home, but they're still going to shift. The only way to beat a shift or to make them pay for a shift is to actually hit the fucking ball the other way. Right. And if you if you just don't – if you can't do it, then y- you can't do it, and they're going to play a shift on you. And, and that's that's going to be the end of it. But I, I really I, – I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Ten-year-old me going to the ballpark, I don't want to see Bryce Harper drop a butt. <laughs> I want to see those rips, man. I want to see those monster rips. I want to see those frozen ropes, baby. I want to see those line drive homers and those fucking moonshots, baby. I don't want to see no bunt down the third baseline. You can take I mean, that shit with Gabe Kapler, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And Reese Hoskins needs to get the fucking bat off his shoulder, man. You got, look, jump on a first pitch fastball because that's what they're pumping in there for you, man. You'll get a walk. Yeah, great. Good for you. You're yeah, but- Carlos Santana two years ago. Congratulations. <laughs> I want to see hits, baby. Make something happen. Be a hitter up there, man. So what do you what do you think it is with uh, you know the the older generation that they are so fascinated by the fact that. Um, you know, these are the same crowd that used to bark about Ryan Howard. Why? Why doesn't he bunt just every time he comes up? 
You know what? For the same reason, man. You're you're a three hundred pound monster. You're a monster, man. Was he three hundred pounds? I don't. <laughs> I mean, know. he was huge. It just seems like no. But it's like you got these big claws, man. And with that, you don't know how to kill the bunny. I want to see you kill the bunny, man. I don't want to see you bat it around a little bit. I I, I feel like after the. Uh, his uh, look, his his ankle exploded. Ryan Howard kind of moved like a three hundred pound grizzly. It's, <laughs> look, the, can, all right, pepper it in. The, I, I'm just saying, like everyone, take a take a step back. Don't do it every time. He's not going to do it every time because I have I have some trust in him. It's going to be a situational thing. I'm fine with it. I would actually prefer if Girardi makes the decisions on this or not, but we'll see how it goes. I just don't want people to get. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's yeah, he's he's so money he doesn't even know it. <laughs> that that was almost the more fascinating thing to me was I think it was in the post game show that Real Muto revealed that 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 bunt did not come from the dugout. That was that was Harper. Bryce Harper laid that bunt down on his own because uh, I think Real Muto made a comment something to the effect of. The, the reporter asked him what he thought of it, and he's like, I thought it was great, uh, but I don't know if Joe Girardi agrees with me. Um, so that that sort of indicates that, <laughs> that maybe the person who was most surprised in Citizens Bank Park when that happened was the manager. Yeah, well, I mean, Har- Harper's the Teflon Don now. Like, he can do whatever, say whatever, be wherever – uh, he wants because he's not going anywhere. It's his team for a decade plus. He says what he wants. He's going to speak his mind, obviously, with this real muto contract. You know, he's heavily invested in. Um, so, you know, it's his show. To, to a certain Ultimate. degree, that that's the kind of star that I want. I want a guy who is all in, you know, the good and bad of of having a guy who is all in. I don't necessarily want a guy who is looking at, you know, what situation is going to be better for me somewhere else. Uh, I want a guy who's here to be like, well, this is where I am. Uh, This is, you know, this is the mascot that I have clothed myself in. So, um, you know, (laughs) I better I better build a squad around here that I want to ride or die with. And, and, you know, to be 100 percent fair to Harper, he's delivered. You know, he's he's come through and done you know everything we've asked him to and you know once they clear out all the old Kapler you know index cards from his pockets and he knows not the bun anymore in that situation everyone will be happy I'm fine with the bun I I think it was fun it was it it was fun because Romito hit a three-run homer if Romito struck out there I would be like what the hell man right you gotta swing that bro um so, All right, are you guys ready? Because I'm ready now. Yeah. I'm like you ready? in the fun now, I feel like. All right, look. <laughs> we are Jack, okay? We're Jack, and we have a cow. And we're, we are going to the market to sell the cow. But on the way to the market, we get an offer to trade our cow for some magic beans. And the magic beans come in lots of different forms. Sometimes the magic beans are, hey, 
Markel's uh, Markel's free throw shot starting to look pretty good. Okay, I'll trade my cow for that magic bean. Maybe it'll build me a beanstalk to an NBA championship. Or sometimes the bean is, uh, hey, Ben Simmons is really uh, drilling threes in practice. You just see the uh, the Instagram videos of uh, Ben Simmons uh, drilling threes in practice. You want to trade your cow for that magic bean? Uh, I've traded my cow for that magic bean like four years now, okay? And now, for the fifth year in a row, we get an offer to trade our cow for the magic bean of Vince Velasquez is looking good. <laughs> but they threw in this. Who bought it? <laughs> who who traded their cow for that magic bean? They threw in the extra magic bean of that he's he's got a, a change up now. This thing, <laughs> this this bean wouldn't grow shit. Okay, <laughs> you could plant this bean in the most fertile soil. You could you could you could plant that bean in Yankee Stadium. You could plant it in baseball heaven in St. Louis, and that thing wouldn't even grow a little sprout. Okay? The Vince Velasquez experiment is over. I don't ever want to see him throw another pitch in a Phillies uniform. I'm not falling for this again. He can go out and throw a no-hitter next week, and I would still want to trade him or drop him or cut him or send him to the minors or whatever. I'm done with it. I've been fooled too many times. I bought into it too many times. It's over. The Vince Velasquez experiment in Philadelphia is over. It's been a failure. You need to go back to formula with this one. I'm with you. Um, I I didn't. I wasn't selling cows. Um, I feel like I was more selling like chickens. You know, I wasn't that invested in uh, Velasquez. So I really wasn't going like the whole cow, but I mean, he got several chickens out of me, you know, where I thought that there was enough there for optimism, you know, enough there for, you know, if he has a, a good couple weeks, you know, he could be a, he could be an asset, We just have to find the right place for him. So maybe, okay. On that one, I gave up a cow on the, we just have to find the right place for him. There, you could have one cow. One cow for that. But for the most part, I probably only gave up chickens. Um, the, they were worthless bee, beans. They were oversold. Um, so it's... I 100% agree with you. Just I was not nearly as invested as you were. I, I know the perfect place for them. It's the bottom of the rotation at the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. <laughs> Especially this year, since they're not playing. <laughs> yeah. He can't do any damage there. Uh, the the thing that fascinates me about about him is how much how many words the the beat writers have exhausted uh, from their um, laptops, uh, you, you know, saying words like he's probably the only uh, athlete in Philadelphia that could play two sports. Well, here's the thing. Unfortunately, he chose baseball, uh, and if he's better at um, Lawn bowling, he should probably do that. Uh, but what are the two sports? Uh, basketball and football? <laughs> yeah, because they're one of them's not baseball. He, he's killer cricket, man. Like, and we thought those skills would translate, but his really didn't. <laughs> Look, I, I get I, I, he may be, <laughs> I get it. You're out of options, and maybe he's the best option right now. 
as far as like in the now. But I would much rather at this point watch a younger guy struggle because there may be a ceiling there. There's, there is nothing here. There is nothing here. We've seen it. We've seen it as a starter. We've seen it as a closer. We've seen it as a long relief. We, you know, we've seen it upside down, backwards, every which way. I've seen Vince Velasquez. It's done. I'm done with yeah. it. Yeah, and we talked about it on this show before, and you know, you can revisit it of us trying to find a way to make him work, or you know, I thought he really would, you know, this time turn around, or whatever the case may be. And God damn, it's it's between the ears. You know, you see it. Like, you know, first inning today, there we go. A little bit of promise. Gets into a lick of trouble, and he's done. You know, it's he might as well have been pitching underhand in the second inning. Well, well you, was... you, you heard John Cruck when he when he flubbed that play at first base. Uh, you know, he literally, Hoskins put a ball right in his glove and dropped it. I think Cruck just said, like, up. Oh, you know, he, he might be done for the day. He, you know, will he, will he bounce back? You know, the fact that you, you, you know, that happened, if that's going to rattle you and you think you have the makeup of a starting pitcher in the major leagues, like that is. You shouldn't have to bounce back from a runner on first. Exactly. Yeah. And certainly not in the first inning. You know, that's the shake it off, throw a ground ball, get a double play. And it's sad. It's sad because, you know, I, I compared him to, excuse me, Markel Fultz in the sense that I need you, man. Like I want you to succeed so badly for, for, for the sake of the team. Like I need you. And the Sixers finally said, look, it's not going to work. So we move, we're moving Markel Fultz. The Phillies need to come to that conclusion with Vince Velasquez because <clears throat> as much as we hope and we want Vince Velasquez to work out, it's just not going to. So, like, let's move on and try to get on with our lives instead of just hoping and hoping and hoping it really works out. <laughs> you know, he, you compare him to Markel Fultz. I compare him to uh, most of the girls I knew in high school. Um, you know, as much as I would like them to go out with me. They um, couldn't pitch either? They, they <laughs> said no. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining a high school date with Gene. It's like, listen, if you're not going to get this over the plate, we're not going to have a second date. Like, <laughs> they've been lighting you up all night, honey. I, I just, uh, I would just hope that uh, Doctor Fauci would know that he's no longer in contention for Gene's heart. <laughs> well, that's mostly because he's a Yankees fan parading around as a Nationals fan. <laughs> And that's a callback to last week's show, which was an excellent show. Sorry, I couldn't be there for it, guys, but you, you killed it there. <laughs> so speaking of the Yankees, uh, guess what we get uh, for the next four days? The Yankees. We get two uh, two in Philadelphia and two in New York. Uh, so you got Arietta and Eflin coming up in New York. So, you know. No pressure on winning those Marlins games because everything just gets a whole lot easier now. <laughs> and uh, then uh, are we gonna see uh, we're gonna see Spencer Howard at the end of this thing? Has this been uh, we got any info on that yet? We haven't heard anything official, but I think if if you know all signs point to that uh, you're gonna have a spot in the rotation, so um, you, you you should probably bring the kid up. 
it's not like you can keep him down uh, down in Lehigh Valley or, or wherever you were. I guess he was probably going to be a double-A pitcher this year. It's not like so you can put him down inquirer, there. The Inquirer, uh, six hours ago, Matt Breen reported Spencer Howard could join Phillies on Friday after a tune-up in Allentown. So no, probably not against the Yankees this week. Yeah, but and that and that all comes down to the funky rules with uh, service time, right? I'm not certain uh, that that one. When it comes to rules for you know minor league, major league moves, don't know them in general. I certainly don't know them this year. Yeah, I think it was. I think it's six games, and then you get uh, you can bring you can bring him uh, up, and it doesn't affect his service time, or, or it gives you an extra year of service time, or or, or whatever. You know, I think that's right. I remember hearing something along those lines. It just didn't jump out to me. Well, it was he had to he had to stay out six games, um, so he could probably. I think he could have technically started the last game of the Yankees series. But I guess um, to keep him on his schedule, his work schedule or whatever, they they need to give him his tune up. Yeah, it is what. It, and same thing with uh, Out Boom. Yeah, um, may see him up soon too. So, so uh, I mean, uh, that'll be interesting because uh, do you DH him? Do you play him at third base? What what do you ha- what have you thought of the DD and Gene Segura experiment? Have you liked what you've seen out of those guys? I mean, obviously DD's had a, a you know, made some really great plays at shortstop and and certainly has swung the bat well. Yeah, um, I feel like the only the only negative thing I could say would be that, you know, I think Gene Segura struggled a little bit at the plate early on. Um, nothing like atrocious, but I think so far so good. It seems like they get along. Yeah. Um, which is great. Uh, so, so far so good. The infield looks good overall. Yeah. I, like I, I, I thought that Kingery is playing a pretty decent second base. I didn't see anything, um, that was, that stood out to me as, as, you know, in general, I haven't seen anything on the defensive side that has stood out to me as being lacking. Uh, How about the Reese, uh, the Reese stash? Well, I mean, I mean, I enjoy the restash. You know, while he's standing there not swinging his bat, might as well look like uh, Schmidt. But no, it, it works for him, it, and it does have a very Schmidt vibe. Well, my son is very traumatized by it. He doesn't like it at all. <laughs> does he? No, not at all. Dave, can you grow a blonde mustache to have around the home to to get him acclimatized? I cannot. <laughs> not a blonde one. I would have to do some dyeing or something. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. I, I, you'd, you'd bleach that you'd bleach that I, all right I, phillies uh welcome back let's just let's get on the right track here try harder <laughs> I, Doing I, great. I, if we can split with the yankees i i feel like that would that would be uh that would be what we were we would i'll take, we a, I'll take a split against yeah, the yanks that'd, see, be, that'd be good let's, let's see just, a split. Let's, let's and be then competitive. let's stay in these games and then we have the nomadic blue jays playing their home game in Philadelphia. Oh, is that what's happening? I didn't know if we were going to Buffalo. I think I think that Buffalo's not ready yet. Yeah, I think tentatively they they will have to continue to play their their home games away um in the in the short term. That's next weekend, right? Yeah. It is. So, so we'll be in Philly playing a road game. Yeah. Correct. Not not the first time that's happened as as you And not against that team either. So <laughs> not the first time against play. that team either. So yeah, that's great. Uh, so hey, uh, did you guys end up getting some sleep last night? Eventually, I know I was up a little later than you because I was watching the Union game on delay. 
Um, but uh, any thoughts on 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 the soccer game? Do you do you love the 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 late nights you get to spend uh, watching Union soccer? <laughs> Not if they're going to play like that. Not um, really. I, 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 can't, I have a hard time. I got a hard time staying focused on that game that late at night. Yeah, I'm 1030 at night. It's it's a tough sell for me to start. And the first half, the union really seemed to carry play. You know, they, they had a lot more time, um, you know, in New England's end. They they had a lot more opportunities. Then halftime they come back, and I swore off the game at halftime. I was like, I cannot <laughs> stay up for this. <laughs> I was like, I'm exhausted, and like in getting ready for bed, like I apparently took enough time that um like <laughs> like teeth brushed, water next to the bed. I'm like, wait a second, the game started back up again. I guess I'll watch a little. Um, <laughs> but that second half, that was. It was the Blake show once again. Like he never have I valued a goalkeeper in soccer this much. You know, it, it, it's remarkable how big an effect he's had on this union's return to play tournament. Um, because he's the difference maker. They don't win this game without him. And that second half was brutal to watch. Like Philly did not. I don't think the players like playing at 1030 at night really all that no. much either. Um, uh, Bruce, Bruce Arena it's... seemed just real nagged by the whole situation the entire game. Can you wait? Uh, so the Sergio Santos is it Sergio Santos. I think that's right. Yeah. That goal was pretty sweet. That was a beautiful goal. Um, it was a nice turnover. Uh, and you know, a, a good shot to beat the keeper uh, uh, on there. And, and, well, and I mean, that was, that was pretty good. Cause he's at full speed and is able to get, a fairly tough angled shot off uh, and keep it in an angle that the goalie couldn't make a play on it and, and keep himself, uh, you know, sort of, you know, without, without running into to, to something. It was, it was pretty athletic move to, to, to score that goal and then promptly be removed from play. Yeah. But then the game <laughs> got like, <clears throat> the game got really chippy towards the end. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you know, the, the, the revolution's like kind of scrambling to, Oh, and that's the other thing about Andre Blake. Did you see the save that he made? And then um, he kind of gave a, like a like a wave goodbye to the union uh, to the uh, Revolution players that were in the box, like sending them down. But I thought that was pretty good. But Chuck, did you say that uh, uh, Arenas got a uh, a red card at the end of the game? Did I see that that happened? Yes, I did. did, I, did. Well, I... I didn't see it immediately after the game. I turned it off, went to bed. So I didn't see that happen. What happened? And unfortunately, I, because I was watching on delay, which I've learned my lesson now, you, you need to extend the recording for soccer because they don't, they don't, you know, it's not 90 solid minutes. And then, you know, so, I, you know, it got to the first minute of extra time. And then, uh, you know, it was like, it looks like you finished watching the union game. No, and this is famed, famed underachieving U.S. men's national team head coach. Bruce Arena. Yeah, with the Arena, Arena, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I didn't see what happened. I saw that he got the red card and then just sort of like stomped off the, the field. Uh, sorry, the pitch. Well, since we're talking soccer, let's get terms right. But I I don't know what happened. And um, it was like one thirty in the morning and I was going to bed. 
so I, I did not go back. But I, I think that, that he right had card. an issue, and I'm not sure if it was a specific call or just the refereeing for the length of the game. Um, but oh, apparently... abusive language following the final whistle. Yeah, because he apparently just went ballistic on, uh, I believe, the head referee. Now, what is that? What is a red card to a team that's being eliminated accomplish? Does that carry over in some capacity, or is it just sort of a a, a mark on the book? I don't know. I don't know for this tournament. Yeah, I don't it know if it's the gonna... first game of the regular season after the tournament's over. Yeah, so I don't know either, Gene. I would imagine it would uh, reflect upon the regular season because the broadcasters seem to make a, a big deal about it. And I initially you know, had the same thought. I'm like, well, what's it matter? His His tournament's over. But um, I would imagine has some ramifications for the well, and you know, especially since it's a case of it's not like you know you're playing a tournament and then you know you know there are those Champions League tournaments where you're playing against international clubs where that's not necessarily going to carry over to your own. But this is a, a an interleague. You know, you're within your own league tournament. You know, you should be able to then carry over the 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 punishment probably I guess to the regular season it'll be interesting to see how that that turns out I, I just remember it just reminded me watching him how much I dislike him um, as a <laughs> as a as a coach and um, he just seemed so sour it will, it will carry into the regular season so yeah. the knockout stage discipline is uh, all knockout stage discipline that has not been fully served prior to the conclusion of the knockout stage will not be applied to the next 2020 MLS regular season matches. Um, except for red cards and or disciplinary committee actions in any player's final knockout stage competition match, which will carry into the 2020 MLS regular season. He may be out for the next game. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, Interesting. But uh, yeah, Bruce Arenas was not a guy I liked as a coach for the the men's national team. He always kind of struck me as uh, like arrogant without any results to to sort of back that up. Certainly with the national team. Um, I think that's the, the men's national team like slogan. Mod- slogan? <laughs> logo. Logo. I like a slogan. It's a slogan. It's a slogan and a logo. <laughs> so the team the, so the game the the uh, the game we need to watch is actually going on right now, I think, right? Sunday night, eleven o'clock. Is this to determine our it's, our matchup? But it, what is it? It's sporting uh sporting KC and KC uh, versus Vancouver. The white caps. The white caps. Yeah. Yeah. So we would get a, it sounds like we're, we're due a date with the Western Conference. And, the, and, the, and that game. So that game is going to be, uh, that next union game is going to be what, Tuesday at eight? Wow. That seems it's like definitely a, eight o'clock. Yes. Yeah. That sounds like a normal time to watch a, but it can't a, be Tuesday. That's too soon. I don't know. I mean, let's well, not... check your local listings. Who cares, man? It's not like you got anything else to do. We got baseball, man. You got to figure out how to work this stuff around baseball now, man. And preseason, midseason, preseason exhibition hockey. Uh, Flyers are back on Tuesday for really? a four o'clock game against the Pens. Well, that game Very hopefully cool. will be over by eight o'clock. Yeah, it doesn't count. It's a preseason game. Chuck, but... I, I I have so many hockey questions actually, uh, and one was oh, that's prompt- Thursday. By the way, that union game is Thursday night at eight o'clock. Thursday at eight. Okay. The Phillies. <laughs> I thought you were announcing a Flyers special. <laughs> no, the, the the Phillies don't have any off games till like November, right? I think they play every day. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> um, 
But uh, no, Chuck, I, I had a lot of hockey questions. Unless uh, unless anybody else has any any more notes on the no, on let's the get into it. Let's get into the uh, hockey. Let's get into the arena sports. So one of the things that they Bruce keep, Arena to the arena sports. It's one of the things they keep <laughs> bringing up on both the television and uh, certainly on the radio broadcast at least three or four times today. I was I was out and about running some errands, so I did get to hear my first bit of uh, Philly's radio broadcast today, which was. Uh, and honestly, like if you didn't know that it, there was anything going on, like they have, they do an amazing job with that, um, with the audio on the on the on the radio broadcast. It absolutely is seamless to what. Hold you're on, used did to you shift the hockey? I am shifting hockey. I was that was just a side. That was just a side oh, note. Oh, oh. Side note was I listened to baseball on the radio, uh, but they keep bringing <laughs> up that you're not allowed to fight in baseball, which I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to fight in baseball. Full stop. But, like, they're like, you know, guys, you really can't fight now. Um, which I'm pretty sure, like, if there was something that they were going to fight about, like, you know, whatever rule be damned, you know, I feel like people are still going to throw punches. But um, hockey, a little less of a hard line, I guess, with, with fighting. Has there been any league-wide statement that's like, no, Hockey players, seriously, we know that you love to fight, but you really, really cannot fight this time. And that thing where you squirt the water bottle into your mouth and then spit it into the net, goalies, you cannot <laughs> do that. Um, every goalie has that move, by the way. Um, there is not a single one that doesn't do that. So, you know, Chuck, what what are the what are the on ice precautions? Do you know of any, or are, are is this all still getting worked out? Well, I, I know of only one that they're changing the, the whistle the referees use to something that, like, caused them to blow less air. Um, a, a Just a different type of whistle. I heard that the other day. As for fighting, I did, I did not hear any additional restrictions. Now, I could be missing something, but as far as I know... <laughs> Oh, that was a slide whistle. Yes, a slide whistle would be an effective way, um, but it probably would have that same reaction I did. Like, what the hell is that? Like, is Bozo calling this game? Um, but there was some talk of, you know, potentially, you know, necessitating like full face shields. They didn't do that. There was some talk of restricting fighting and as far as I know, they didn't do that. The on ice gameplay should be pretty damn similar to what we're accustomed to. You know, they're telling people not to celebrate, but I mean, even watch the Phil's game, you know, they do the air high fives and then some people are still doing fist bumps. And... I mean, hockey players wear gloves. You would think that they could at least bump gloves or whatever. You know, it's not like they're going to, I mean, I guess they have well, to, I think, I guess open mouth kissing will be restricted. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's been banned since the seventies. Which is mouth kissing is also probably <laughs> off the table at this point. Well, they let the French players do it. If you do the like hello kiss on the cheek, you know yeah. that that's perfectly appropriate. Um, I don't get it. They're all in the bubble. Why can't you just play like normal? Well, that's pretty much what they're doing. Well, then it's so... fine. You're in the bubble. You're bubble. <laughs> Your bubble boy. Well, see, but it was the moops. We're talking about arena sports, and you know, the, the there are NBA players that are supposed to be in the bubble, and Lou Williams went to a strip club. You know, well, the man, the man's got needs. <laughs> needs to spend thousands of dollars. 
He's swaggy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad it wasn't Mike Scott this time. You know, that's that was all I could say when I, I heard know. about Part of me's disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to have that persona, own Mike it. Mike Scott man. did it. He just didn't get caught. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> but th- did that strip club like suddenly jump like in the charts? I-, I mean, I don't know if there are charts for strip clubs, but if you're the if you're the Lou Williams stamp of approval strip club in Orlando, I feel like this is a real well, marketing if opportunity. Disney, if Disney would just have a strip club, we wouldn't have these problems. I don't know why they didn't move, uh, you know, some some of them into the bubble. Isn't that? I mean, it's the NBA. Come on. Like, there are very few things I know about life. One of the things I know is that NBA players uh, like to have a good time. Uh, they like to spend money on on, on, on drinking. Uh, they like to buy clothes and, 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 and other things. So why not? Wait, I was going to call you out. I was going to call you out. Just how much is this purely AI? And it's just <laughs> they like to buy clothes. And then you were going to say, like, and leave them where they bought them. <laughs> So this is all based on AI. <laughs> and and they like to eat at TGI Fridays. I mean. <laughs> uh, all right, let's try to bring this back to planet Earth. Um, Chuck, how many flyers have COVID right now? Zero. Zero wow. flyers have COVID. Uh, only two NHL players have tested positive recently. Their names have not been given out. Awesome. So, but it's definitely not any flyers. Definitely not any flyers. All right, so we're we're good to go. What's going on with the injuries? Carter Hart is hurt, or was hurt? He back is, spasms or he, something. Um, reportedly back spasms, but he um, practiced uh, the last um, practice session. I don't believe it was scrimmage, but he was back to practice on Saturday. Uh, travel with the team. He's the presumptive starter. He and Brian Elliott will split time. Um, there are no injuries to to speak of, as far as I know, which is good to hear. But that's gonna be the case for a lot of these teams. Um, Great. Yes, you know, a team. Well, the only thing that concerns me is a team like the Penguins. You know, an older team that is beat up a little. You know, will come into this tournament healthy. Um, I'm not terribly concerned about the Penguins. You know, I have no idea what the hell is going to happen. If you want my prediction for it, I might as well throw a, a dart at a board. But um, the Flyers are healthy, and so are most other teams. Uh, Boston is a little screwed up with, um, I think it was uh, Pasternak and someone else had quarantine issues. So they were late to the training camps and all so the fact that our first round robin game is against boston is a really good opportunity for the flyers cool. you know because there's going to be some rust there and so that game, that's our first game sunday yep sunday august 2nd um oh my God, i think so the exact cool. same time yep yep so uh under a week from when people are listening to this under a week from when we're recording this gonna be the same time as the phillies play toronto um the Flyers will be in Toronto playing Boston. So, hold on. So our next episode, we're going to have a Phillies-Yankees series, a Phillies-Blue Jays series, a Sixers-Pacers game, and a Flyers-Bruins game to all talk about? Correct. That's incredible. I'm so happy. It is. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So anything else that we need to talk about about the Flyers? I mean, there's a ton to talk about, but realistically, I'd say no. I mean, Oscar Lindblom is joining the team. I was going to ask, this this was going to be my other question is, it sounds like, you know, is there a chance that some of these other, some of these guys that have been out, uh, you know, Nolan Patrick, Oscar Lindblom, if any, are any of them going to be able to uh, make an impact in this new system or because Uh, Oscar Lindblom's not playing. No. Well, he is not. It'd take a miracle. I mean, and I got into an argument on Twitter today, which is just how all great stories begin, don't they? Um, over the Why feasibility. We, the fee, I, I can't help myself. <laughs> over the feasibility of Lindbaum playing, and he's not going to play. He can't. He can't. There is no AHL season. He just finished fucking cancer treatment like three weeks ago he hasn't been on the ice since december and he'd be jumping into the playoffs like and and if he's going to the bubble there's not gonna be any ice available it's not like oh man he's gonna put in all this time skating on his own (laughs) there's gonna be a lot of people using this ice i mean yes it's, it's canada but it's not cold right now yeah, <laughs> it's August in Toronto. It's still street ice. <laughs> having having no, been I, in Toronto in August, I can tell you there's no ice that's not inside. That's true. Yeah. Now Edmonton might be a different story. <laughs> it has snowed in August in Edmonton. It's not common, but it's happened. With Alberta, I don't want to besmirch the good name of uh, Edmonton. Definitely s- snowed in the province uh, province in uh, August, but. Lindbaum's not playing. If if he comes in, it's gonna be it's gonna be like Rudy. You know, I could see Lindbaum dressing for a game, and if he does, that means we're winning the Stanley Cup. The Flyers have to be like 3-0 up in the Stanley Cup finals, and it's just gonna be, hey Lindbaum, get out there for a shift. You know. Um he's there. He's there to to for the team to rally around. Great though. I think it'll no one, be. A, I think it will be a, a, a like an emotional uh, boost. Oh, them. I think so too. I think so too. I think, and Chuck Fletcher. I mean, really does seem to be a great guy. I liked his moves as GM. Um, you know, I trust you know Paul Holmgren sort of picking him to carry on this legacy of keeping the Flyers culture alive. You know, the fact that he extended Oscar for a good deal. You know, he probably could have come in and lowballed him, but, you know, three years, three million, that's good for Oscar. That's good for the team, provided he returns to the form, um, which he should, but who knows when that's going to happen. But he earned it. You know, his cancer treatments are over. The cancer's in remission, as far as I know. And. You know, get out there, be with the team. They rallied around you. They supported you. This is your carrot. It's your incentive. Get out there, work harder. I think there's nothing but good to come from that. I feel so bad for Nolan Patrick. Yeah, what is I the, don't, what's the update on him? The update on him was he hasn't played all season. And it was it was more oh, realism. Yeah. It's what? <laughs> it was more realism. Oh, like, uh, where... Your Lindblom's this inspiring story of you defeated cancer. Nolan Patrick was you had lingering migraine issues. Who knows if they're cleared up? You're not 
realistically, without an AHL to get yourself up to speed, you're not going to play this offseason. So he might it physically feel okay at the moment, but as soon as he gets on the ice, if these things return, you know, there's no way to test that out yet. Yeah, there's no way. It's the the quote I heard was he's hasn't felt this good in like twelve months or whatever, and that's phenomenal. And uh, I don't want to get started on this diatribe. My grand conditions are treatable. When he finds something that works for him, this should just be a nuisance. It shouldn't be something that derails his career. It should be, fuck, ah, Patrick's out the, the game with a migraine. And then maybe it's two games in a row, and then we go back to not thinking about it. You know, the most famous person I know to play in the NHL with migraines is Mark, uh, Mark Howe, and he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. You know, it's... Um, it happens. It's doable. But it's they're just going, hey, let's do this next season. He's probably going to come back on a show-me contract. You know, he's a RFA this offseason. But no no Patrick. Everybody else is healthy, though. All right, guys. Well, look. Sports are back. Baseball's back. Hockey's coming back. Basketball's coming back. So we're bringing it back. It's time to go to Chuck's penalty box. Thank you, Dave. And I'm ridiculously happy that Chuck's penalty box is back because you have finally have things to complain about. So, um, Dave, I'll throw it to you first this evening. Dave, who is in your penalty box? Donald Trump is in my penalty box. <laughs> Do we need an explanation or is this just like cumulative? No, next. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> for a very specific sports reason. Donald Trump has backed out of throwing the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. Uh, in a tweet earlier today, he tweeted, because of my strong focus on the China virus. <laughs> <laughs> Because of my strong focus on the China virus, including scheduled meeting on vaccines with vaccines capitalized for some strange reason. You have to yell it. Uh, including <laughs> scheduled meetings on vaccines, our economy, and much else. Uh -oh. I won't be able to be in New York to throw out the opening pitch for the Yankees on August 15th. We will make it later in the season. No, you won't. You know you won't, you coward. You won't throw out no damn first pitch. You don't want to make a damn fool of yourself all gangly up on the mound trying to throw a baseball like you've done it before in your life. Get out of here. You ain't throwing nothing out. Just go lose this election. <laughs> All right. So Donald Trump, uh, for talking a big game and coming up small, it's a family legacy for you. You're getting two-minute Twitter violation. You are getting a, a second impeachment, and you're getting a review at The Hague. Unfortunately, all of these things will bring back nothing, and we'll get a new season of The Apprentice, uh, the Apprentice in 2022. All right, Gene, what world leader is in your penalty box this evening? Uh, no world leaders, but uh, I want to, I want to, a frequent, I think, in my uh, world uh, member of the penalty box is uh, the Chicago Cubs organization. Uh, if you look, it around, is, it is frequent for you. If, if you look around baseball and, and most stadiums, you'll see 
Uh, one thing that things are, you know, that these stadiums are having in common, even though they're shaped differently, you'll notice that they're all sort of doing fan service or, or, or they're bringing fans in in strange and new ways, mostly with these cardboard cutouts. Uh, a couple fun stories about it is uh, in both of them in City Field. Uh, yesterday, they had players' dogs cardboard cutouts in uh, one section of the field. Uh, cool. So all the all the players' dogs had their own uh, own section, like like bark at the park. Also in City Field, uh, some Atlanta Braves fans uh, got together and 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 put up a, a cardboard cutout of Chipper Jones. Um, so you know that's sort of good. I love when people troll the, the Mets. Um, but you know if you go to Chicago and you go to the South Side, you can see White Sox fans cardboard cutouts all over the, you know, in their field. But if you go to Wrigley, you won't see them because they don't want them there. Uh, Wrigley Field and the Chicago Cubs organization are the only organization that are not allowing cardboard fan cutouts, at least as of the, the you know, the, the recording of this podcast. Perhaps pressure from the Chicago faithful has convinced them otherwise. But I don't, I don't know if it's because the seats are so narrow. I don't know if you've ever been to Wrigley, but they are very narrow. Uh, and they can't get the cardboard in there or um i don't think what the it nationals is. have them either um but they, at least the, the nationals may not have them installed yet but they are oh, okay. doing something but as far as i can tell the only team that has no plans as of now to include cardboard cutouts of fans um is the chicago cubs now i will say Wait. that i sort of made fun of this until i actually saw it in action at Phillies games and honestly one of the things that's been interesting is is how people have been cre- you know gotten creative with it both with their poses for the cardboard cutouts and uh it is sort of fun to see a way to have fans sort of interact or uh, you know a lot of what is happening is you know longtime season ticket holders that have passed um, their family is getting together and, and getting the seat and putting a picture of their grandfather or whatever who used to have that seat and being able to have them back in their seat for a season, which I think is a kind of a cool thing and a rare opportunity that's not something that we, we get. You know, if you're, if, you're, if you're screwed out of not being able to have, you know, real fans in there, you might as well have at least the, you know, the, some of the greatest fans of a franchise ever. So for that, Chicago Cubs, I hope you reconsider your decision. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I, just, the 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 juxtaposition of the like, oh, these are all the nice things you can do, and for that, Chicago Cubs. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel I feel like that's probably been what most Chicago Cubs fans have said for their entire, you know, all these great things yes. that other teams do, and then the Chicago Cubs fuck it up. So. Um, that, you know, you're, you're in my penalty box cub. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt it. The juxtaposition just threw me terribly. So Chicago Cubs, you call it tradition. We call it boring. Ivy is really just the weed. Uh, you are getting a 10 minute game misconduct. Um, you should have put in lights 50 years before you did. Chuck, who is in your penalty box? All right. Before I get into my penalty box, I got to say I have a special treat that awaited for me when I opened up the penalty box file to add one for today. It was all the unused penalty boxes <laughs> from the weeks we decided not to do them. They included, included uh, Quibi, uh, a lack of good Easter movies, 
uh, Doc McStuffins' poor mental health treatment, um, and the concept of asterisks being inherently a bad thing. Um, all those things, lost penalty boxes, we're never getting them back. Uh, but for this week, I am going to pick on Todd Lewicki, CEO of the Seattle Kraken, for beginning the announcement of the team name with the world's most boring corporate retreat ramble on. The world they had a video, you know, introducing the Seattle, like, you know, we've this all this, this time has come, and here we go. And it's a guy in a hard hat talking to people building the arena, the climate change pledge arena. Just rolls off the tongue. And then he like meanders on for like five minutes. In that five minutes, the name leaks. Everyone knows. You can stop watching. The 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 name comes out, the jersey comes out, but it is the most pointless self-serving prattle that anyone who has sat through a corporate dinner, a you know, holiday party, anything where the CEO just wants to hear them speak, self-speak knows all too well. So Todd Lewicki for screwing up, releasing the Kraken, you're getting a double minor one for, I don't know, <laughs> but you're getting a double minor. <laughs> Sorry, I'm rusty. <laughs> Four minutes for screwing up or releasing the Kraken. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, everybody. Obviously, we got a huge show coming up uh, next week. So if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the Whip Around for all the week's weird news. Um, so until next week, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here.